Uh, hey, everyone. This is not the normal intro to our podcast because uh, the episode that you're about to listen to, if you decide to listen to it, is very triggering. We, we go into uh, the subject of suicide pretty quickly, and most of the episode is about suicide. If that is something that is a little too heavy and a little too triggering for you, please just skip this one. Yeah, we'll be there with you for the next one. You don't have to listen to this one. Um, if you choose to skip this one, I think the only thing you would take away is that like, you know, the work we're doing here with, you know, psychedelics or uh, expanded states of consciousness can bring up a lot. And so have some friends, have some support, come to our community, get a therapist. This is, this is not work you have to do on your own. And people are there for you. That's right. All the normal stuff we usually say at the beginning of the episode is a storytelling podcast, triggering topics, uh, opinions of the guests are not the opinions of the host, all that, all that stuff. But really, truly, uh, we're being serious. This one's heavy. So please proceed with caution. And we love you. And we love you. Okay, we are. It is go time. We just like oh, just bring it on, yeah. We, we just, dive right in, girl. Like it's no yeah. joking around. We're, there's no pre. There's no preamble to this shit. Preamble, dude. <laughs> How are you guys? Hi, Tess. How are you? I'm so good. How are you? It's so we're all good. I mean, Doug and I were just chatting about his trip to Maui and what? Yeah. I'm so jealous. Same. I'm jealous of myself. I want to be back there doing that. Like it was a good time. <laughs> I want to be back there doing that Maui thing. Something about something about Hawaii. I just really like it. I, call me crazy, but I like Hawaii. Oh, what? I'm a kind of I'm, I'm kind of an odd duck over here, just like uh, the purple sweet potatoes at Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I don't want to say anything that's a little bit too controversial, but uh, as for me and my house, we really like Maui. That's just the way we do it. All right. Like other people can live their life the way they want to, but we like Maui. <laughs> Wait, did you catch the, did you catch the sweet potato drop there? I did. And then I, I was like, I was like, is that an inside joke that we can just broadcast the world? They get cold. They get cold. <laughs> we can't, it can't make sense. It can never make sense. Not even Mike knows. What is this? What is this hillbilly voice that I drop into every, every time I'm around you, Tess? Why do you bring out my inner hillbilly? I'm a Southern girl. I'm from Georgia. That might be it. I guess it's your Georgia roots that are making me talk like I'm like getting I, ready to like. I think as a default, like I go to a Southern accent and it's and so it just, you know, if you have it inside of you. It's true. You got a Captain America motorcycle. That's all it takes. Like it's true. that'll that'll knock you back into a Southern accent. <laughs> It's true. As soon as, but yeah, 
but I don't get into that voice very frequently, Tess. Every time I'm around you, though, I start getting into like, I'm we're bootlegging and moonshining. Let's go. I'm just a Georgia page. I'm a debutante. <laughs> <laughs> and this is exactly why I brought you on, Tess. Like, <laughs> I don't bring this site out in Doug. I like, I like, I love this. We were talking about it actually before you came on the different versions of Doug. And I love this, Doug. And he doesn't bring it out for me. So I'm like, I need to bring Tess on so I get to see this version of it. You know? So you like old moonshine and bootlegging <laughs> Doug, huh? I think we like, already talked on, about Doug. That, run from Johnny Law. <laughs> Doug, I think we already talked about that I will take you in a box with a fox in the goat on a boat in the plane <laughs> going insane, whatever. <laughs> wow. Keep going with those Dr. Seuss rhymes, Mike. Oh, By the way, oh, you did it? say that to me privately earlier and that really like filled me all the way up, Mike. That that made me feel really good. I love you too. Are we talking about me or Mike? <laughs> oh, I was just telling Mike that I love him, but Tess, oh. I love you too. Okay. Fine. Yeah. No, no, no. Don't give me a speech. That's fine. Jesus <laughs> Christ. I just gave you a whole speech about how we're out on the, we're Bonnie <laughs> and Clyde out on the fucking lamb. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> This town ain't big enough for the both of us. Ah, we're on the run, man. We're <laughs> headed to flavor country. <laughs> the flavor country. <laughs> Isn't that a thing? Isn't that like a cigarette thing? Like oh, maybe. Flavor country? Oh, I don't know. I grew up I, more than we don't smoke. <laughs> oh, um, I wouldn't know anything about cigarettes. Because I, I don't smoke. I, um, oh, oh, I wouldn't uh, know about that. <laughs> what? Um, avoid the very appearance of evil. So I don't even know about like cigarette advertisements or anything like that. What is, what is a moral borrow? Bar, How do you pronounce it? How do you pronounce it? Camel? Camel Joe? Camel Jake? Camel Toe? Is it Camel Toe? <laughs> <laughs> I actually had, I had a, I had a, um, a church teacher get mad at me and some some fellow young women for going to Starbucks for some apple cider because he said that we were trying to look like we drank coffee. Oh man. He was like you guys are not avoiding the appearance of evil. Like Was he kind of right though? Like subconsciously you maybe wanted to be a little bit. Dude, like a- oh, I carried that Starbucks cup like a fucking it was like a trophy. It was like, oh, ooh. Oh, oh, hot drink. Oh, look at me. What is, what is in here? What could it be? <laughs> that's so, that's so dead on. I used to have a boss that would walk around with a, with like a, like a coffee mug, you know, all yeah. everywhere he went, he would just, he was totally Mormon, but he'd walk around with a coffee mug like this and he'd, he'd like take little sips everywhere he went. Finally, <laughs> is I was he like, a character from office space or what? <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, he's just sipping his little coffee mug. But finally I was like, Oh, I almost said his name. Finally, I was like, bro, what is in that coffee mug of yours? And he kind of like got like conspiratorial, like he kind of snuck in and like gave me the old like lean in. And he's like, it's just cold water. I was like, Jesus, man, who cares? Why don't you get in a water bottle then or something like that? You can you can carry more water in a water bottle than in a fucking coffee mug. It's just cold water. <laughs> it's cold water. It's just cold water. Uh, he's a fun. He's a. I was a. He's a good dude. I I can't really talk much shit on him, but he, it it was funny catching him doing some of those like, uh, like you're talking about Tess going to Starbucks and getting apple cider. Like he was that kind of guy that wanted to look kind of cool, you know? Yeah. Did it have like a world's best teacher thing on there or something? 
No, I, I remember the coffee mug. It was just a, like a plain white one um, that had the logo of our, of the company I worked for at the time. Oh yeah. He just wanted to be in the club. That's right. That's right. Let me, I don't, I don't drink coffee, but I can do it. Look guys, I'm part of this team. Yeah. I'm on this one. The one where we have the handhold thing. Remember? <laughs> get the, get the elbow out and coffee mug carrying. <laughs> guys, this, I, I've been so pleased with how this episode started out. Like I, I, we couldn't have, I mean, I'm just loving this. Just my loving assumption this. is that we're starting the episode right now. I'm, my assumption is that we're cutting the entire first, whatever many minutes that has been. Whatever we, I don't know. I don't no, know. You know, guys, we fucking need that because I feel like we're going to get into some dark shit. Is this going to be kind of a bummer summer of an episode here? Or? Oh, oh, this is Tess tuning in for bummer summer. <laughs> bring it all the shitty stuff. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> All right, thank you, Tess. We're coming into you from Bummer Summer. We've brought in our expert Bummer Summer lady, Tess. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> the world's burning down. I don't know if you guys have heard of anything called global climate change, but it's happening. <laughs> the earth is on fire. Our children are starving. <laughs> Welcome to Mormons on Mushrooms. Oh, sorry, guys. I was late. I just put my dog down and my mom broke her leg at the same time. And then I shit myself on the way to the computer, which was then broken. So it's been a rough day. Okay. Can you say bummer summer? (laughs) All right. I retract my statement, but. (laughs) Um. But yeah, we're going to talk think about Mike, I think Mike's right, though. I think we are planning on talking about some stuff that is fairly heavy. Is that is that an accurate statement? Like, yeah. OK, let's 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 give Mike credit where credit is due. Like we are going to talk about some stuff that might be a heavy topic. It, we're not probably going to go as far as like on a global scale, as far as like global warming or or world hunger or, you know, all those kind of things. But we are going to talk about some stuff that affects Real people in real ways. Is that correct? Yeah. And I mean, I think globally as well, maybe not like to, yeah. I mean, what I wanted to talk about was just, um, I don't know how much, if you guys are editing things, then you can just edit out whatever you want. But when you, when you asked me if you could put the old episodes back up, you know, those were very controversial in an aspect of my life. And so I had had them taken down just so that like, I just didn't have anything controversial out there. Um, but yeah, I did have like a lot of people asking where the episodes were and it felt shitty to hide. Like, but I do feel like I understand certain topics on a more full circle and robust level. And I, we recorded those episodes kind of at the beginning of like some, like some really deep healing that I was doing like a very intense healing journey. And honestly, those were kind of towards the beginning. And so I really wanted to just speak more to some of the stuff that I talk about in in those episodes where at that time I also hadn't had a ton of 
you know, just understanding of the complexity of mental health. You know, I had a really good idea of like different theories around consciousness and philosophies. I was an experienced energy worker, but there's this, there's, there's so much going on with the mind and with consciousness. And there's so much that we don't know. Um, and so I really want to speak to some of those topics being, you know, remembering repressed trauma and regressions, you know, regressing into spaces where you remember that or you're in trauma or you're dissociative and also the topic of suicide. And, you know, that's, oh, (laughs) sorry, the, you know, just, I don't know if I can, am I allowed to say that word? Yeah, it's just a, it's just a, it's just a tough word for me. That's why I was making that face. It's, yeah, it's oh, a, okay. I was like, am I sure I not say it? No, I mean, it's. No, you can say it. Yeah, of course. Say anything you want. I just, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a tough topic. So. Yeah. And, and that's the thing is like, I refer to having gone through times where I felt suicidal and I have clients coming to me who are going through things like that. I have people in my life who are feeling that like it's it is such a normal thing and it's and I just found out about someone who did ayahuasca and 2 weeks later killed themselves and they were fine. And it's not to give horror stories about like psychedelics or expanded states of consciousness or even just the healing journey, but to to tell people, you know, if you're feeling so alone, if you're feeling crazy, if you're feeling like there's no way through this, there really is. And you're not the only person. And there, this is a lot more normal as I've spoken to people about the journey. They're like, wait, this happened to you too? Oh, I thought I was crazy. I've carried this all alone. Like, I feel so crazy and unholdable because this is, this feels too strange and too heavy. And so we carry this alone. You know, one of my dearest friends didn't tell anyone about a suicide attempt for five years. That's an attempt, you know? And so we're just, we are, we're on this healing journey and I love it. And whatever we're utilizing, whether that's different modalities or medicines or energy work, whatever that is to explore ourselves and to heal, sometimes that brings up more than we even expected or more than we could have predicted. And um, it can even really open our minds in ways that become our permanent lens for a while. And that doesn't have to be a bad thing. And it doesn't mean you're crazy at all. It means, wow, you see the world in a unique way. Beautiful. Oh, maybe there's more pain than you thought. Okay. That's okay. Like that is holdable. You can get through that. And you're not crazy. Like, but we do need to learn how to hold each other in, in these places and not get so caught up in story 
where we start making up more stories about things. Ultimately, this comes back to learning how to hold ourselves. But yeah, I, I want to really kind of normalize some of these things where, you know, everyone's having different experiences with this healing journey and psychedelic journey and all those things. Yeah. Um, Mike, you want to jump in here real quick? Yeah. I'm going to jump in a little bit. Um, I think, um, I think it's good to have this conversation. Um, I think, uh, you know, when we start out with the podcast, you know, it's been Doug and I sharing our stories and the stories of our guests and our stories have been very, very positive with, uh, psychedelics and plant medicine. And we share those positive stories. And that's why, you know, one of the reasons why we created this podcast. Um, and, you know, I think kind of in, you know, there's a part of me, that's kind of like how, how many disclaimers do we need to put on it, you know, or something. And we haven't had an episode yet really touching a lot. I mean, we mentioned the safety a lot, you know, throughout, uh, the series of our episodes. Um, so I do think it's good to address this in, you know, the, the psyche and the unconscious they're unpredictable. It's a, it's an unpredictable thing, you know? Mm -hmm. And when we're open up the lid on all of that, it can, it's, it can get scary. Um, and it speaks to the need for support community, uh, friends, you know, people, people surrounding you when you're doing any sort of work in this way, whether it's just working with your dreams or active imagination that we talked about in the last episode, Doug. Um, and I also want to say like, none of us here are mental health professionals too, you know, in a way, I mean, you know, the work you do Tess, you work more than we do, but like, um, so it's kind of like given, I, I, I like this idea of make helping people be aware of some of the th precautionary things they need to take. Um, it's just, I'm feeling a way of how we, how we speak about this and where we're not out of our depth too. Mm -hmm. you know? I, I, yeah, I, I, I really good point, Mike. I think that that's kind of the, the, the path we've got to go down. Um, so like, I guess the disclaimer in addition to we are not mental health professionals and this is all story time, mm -hmm. you know, kind of thing going on. Awesome. Story time. The, the, some of the, some of the adventures that we talk about on here or some of the medicines that we talk about on here. Uh, I, I think we talk a lot about their power to help heal. Um, but they, 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 power is kind of a pretty good word for what these medicines hold. I mean, you know, they can have, they can have strong effects on a person's mental health, I guess is the best way. I'm, I'm, I'm being real careful about the words I use right here. And, you know, if we're just going to talk about suicide ideation, I guess we just got to talk about it. So, um, suicide ideation is, is frequent invasive thoughts, um, about taking your own life. 
And if you're, if, you know, if you're someone, I can only tell my, how, how about I just tell my story instead of trying to like do any kind of like, uh, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. um, Instead of trying to give any kind of advice, which I'm not good at giving advice anyway, so I should probably just tell my story. Where you get in the weeds, right? Like it's we don't we don't I don't I don't have advice. All I can do is normalize, you know. Yeah, yeah. So my my experience with uh, suicide ideation is that I, uh, from for for as long as I can remember, experienced that. Uh, frequently. And when I say frequently, I mean multiple times of every single day of my life. I thought about and daydreamed about uh, suicide. Mm -hmm. And I thought that's how my life would ultimately end. And I mean, I I felt this way until I was into my thirties and to the point where uh, a, a, a significant traumatic moment uh, put me into a place of feeling like I was ready to uh, enact one of those fantasies. And so I put together a plan and I put together a a time and date and that time and date came and there I was, uh, you know, faced with that ultimate decision. And I'm very happy and glad that instead of, going through with my plan. I immediately contacted a therapist. I had never been to therapy before. And I contacted a therapist and that's where I started. What I'm trying to say is starting with therapy is probably the, the, the most effective and safest and best bet for this type of thing. It's not starting with going to do an ayahuasca or doing a mushroom ceremony or do all these kind of things. It's starting with a trained professional who uh, can help with talk, talking, talk therapy, CBT, that kind of stuff that can help you through those types of um, thoughts. So, you know, Tess, you're talking about normalizing this. I thought it I thought it was that everybody thought the way that I thought. Really? It took took me going to therapy to, to have someone tell me that that is not a burden that everybody bears every yeah. day. That is not a, that is not a, a, a constant um, existing thought in, in someone's mind. Was that more comforting or more isolating for you? It was eye-opening. I don't know how to answer your question about it being comforting or, or eye-opening. Yeah. Uh, it was, or excuse me, comforting or, or distressing. It was eye-opening. And for me, it was about making small, uh, uh, taking small steps and, and gosh, I freaking hate talking about this, but here we are. Anyway, it was about, vulnerable. it was, yeah, it was about, uh, putting into regular practice, the, the things that my therapist and I talked about on a weekly basis. So at one point in my life, I had three therapists that I saw regularly. And it was about putting those things into action. And for a while there, it was about prescribed medication that, that uh, helped me stay, you know, balanced. I've, I've kind of talked about my, my frustrations with, with SSRIs on the podcast, but they did probably save, you know, my, mental health at least. Mm -hmm. And it was through doing those 
exercise. I'm not talking about physical exercise. Exercise is a huge part of it, but it was through doing those exercises that I worked on with my therapists um, and, you know, self uh, reflection and, and taking stock of my life and, 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 and uh, all of the, all of the typical things that you hear about improving your mental health. It was me doing those things that led me to feeling like I was, I was not having those thoughts uh, frequently throughout the day. And, and it started making, giving me the option of going down the path of talking to my therapist about getting off SSRIs. And it's not like I just went off them, like, cause I wanted to one day, yeah. you know, it, was, it was talking to my therapist about uh, other options. And it was about those check-ins about not having those frequent thoughts. Pen- I mean, permeating thought thoughts that are with you all the time. Yeah. And then it was, uh, it was a couple of years after going through the process of getting off the SSRIs that Mike and I ended up at the, at the reggae festival. And, and I feel like I was in a good place, uh, when we were at the reggae festival. And then I felt like I was in an even better place after I tried mushrooms, but I don't think I could have handled coming face to face with some of the, uh, the, the shadowy dirty parts of myself I, that, that happens when you're doing uh, plant medicine. I, I don't know that I could have handled that uh, pre-therapy. You know, it's in my life, the people that are closest to me, I mean, that's a, that, that's a pretty, that's a watershed moment for me. And, and rightly so, of course it is, but it's a watershed moment for the people in my life who love me because it was like, that was pre that Doug. And then there's post that Doug and post that Doug is pretty, um, pretty fulfilled and, and satisfied and does not have frequent suicide ideation. Yeah. But that didn't just happen. Cause I was like, you know what? Screw these thoughts. I'm going to do drugs and be okay. That's that, 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 that's, that's a recipe for disaster right there. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to stop talking for a minute. Cause I feel really sweaty and, and uncomfortable about the conversation uh, that I've just, or the, the, the story that I've just told. I don't, I don't really tell that story to very many people because it's not a very cool yeah. story. It's kind of triggering, but uh, um, yeah. before test, before you chime in, I, I want to say Doug, that thanks for sharing all that, you know? <sighs> yeah. My pleasure. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. That's, and I'm sorry. And I also, get it you know like I I had to learn about myself and from you know the level of trauma that I had it was just I was kind of like you I didn't necessarily think that everyone had suicidal ideation because like I had talked to enough people and I also was just like if everyone feels this way like they like the world would not like the pop we would lose all our entire population you know um because it did feel like it was like every time something happened it was just like okay well then I don't want to be alive you know it was just like that was the easiest conclusion and and it was really hard for me to understand why so many people were still alive like I just didn't really understand that and um I thought that everyone was like chronically depressed. I really did. Like, I didn't know <clears throat> that everyone didn't like wake up in the morning with like a f- foot on their chest and like, like just a rotten feeling in their stomach, just like dread, just like terror and dread. 
that they were like in this world again. Like I really thought, oh, that's what mornings are like for people. (laughs) And um, so for me, like realizing and learning, you know, about myself and, and doing parts work and, and, and so much like EMDR and all these different things, you know, that, and just remembering, like just remembering and validating my trauma, my feelings, my tuning into my body, finally paying attention, finally setting some boundaries for myself so that the world wasn't so chaotic outside of me. Um, really devoted like times to stillness, just so much stillness that was so scary, like so scary. Um, and then I started to realize and build an understanding of, of those thoughts and, and connect to them and be like, why, like, why, why don't you want to be here? Why do you think that you don't belong here? And those parts of myself did not know any other way to keep me safe. It was like, you know, I look around, we're at a loss and nothing else has ever worked. Everything hurts all the time. Like everything hurts. So why do you, why do you want to stay here? You know? And even now there's this, it's ironic because there's this pattern where like, I'll just be like driving down the street feeling good. And then those thoughts will just come through. Cause it's such a mental wiring. That's so used to going to be like, wait, shouldn't you like want to like, shouldn't you be like depressed now? Or like, shouldn't you like maybe want to do that? And I'm like, no, no, I think I'm, I'm good. Like, no, we're, we're like past that. But that looping back where it's just the easiest default. Um, I think that I used to think like, what, why am I so mean to myself? And now I realized that that was my, my mind's best way of easing pain. It gave me a sense of control. It made me feel like, oh, my story is that I'm just wrong for this world. And so I just need to get out but it can validate this, this story that I'm wrong for this world and realizing that I'm exactly right for my world, experiencing life as the protagonist in my story has, has been all the difference, you know, even, even though there's still pain and there's still sad things and there's still ups and downs. It's, I actually belong in my story because I'm the protagonist. Hmm. Um, a few things are just coming up in a way. Well, one, you know, um, I agree about, uh, the therapy part Doug, that you were saying. There's just an element though, with like, you know, we live in this capitalist society that, um, with no form of universal healthcare, Mm-hmm. the therapy sometimes becomes a bit of a luxury, especially a good therapist, you know? Yeah. And so, um, it's hard, you know, and, and that's hard in that way. Like, um, you know, what if you don't have the resources for it? Um, and I, I guess that's a case by case thing. I can't like just throw out, but I just think throwing out the value of working with a therapist, especially if you want, if you're interested in doing any sort of plant medicine work, 
having a therapist, a guide, a counselor that you really trust and that's good and is familiar with the unconscious probably too would be helpful. And, um, and then the community aspect. I mean, we have the community and I guess I'm giving recommendations now. I might jump into recommendations guys. Is that what I'm doing? I, 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 I think you're fine, Mike. I, and that's, that's a really important point about access. Uh, access to therapy is, you know, it, it, it changes for, you know, circumstances. There are, there are resources though. Um, you know, we, and we can put maybe some of those resources in the, in the thing, but um, keeping it in. So regardless of it's, if it's a therapist or if it's someone who's untrained to to talk, keeping it in and thinking that that is just, um, that is just your, your, your burden to carry. You, you, you soon find out that the, the people in your life did not know that that was the burden you were carrying. They didn't, you can, a, a, a person who, who feels the way we're talking about, they can come across as being a real happy go lucky person. They can come across as being a real down and depressed kind of person. They can, they can come across to the outside world, any way, shape or form. And uh, no one knows, especially with this thing, because you keep it so secret, you keep it so private because it's a thing that it's a thing that bothers you about yourself. And it's a thing that it's a thing that creates shame in, in yourself. Um, yeah. So tons of shame and isolation. Yeah. So or, or, just, or just even, you know, I, I want to say that it's not just um, depression or anxiety or suicidal ideation, but even just like seeing the world different than then maybe everyone is validating for you or experiencing this world a little differently, or maybe feeling things a little deeper or experiencing something like experiencing things more intensely. Like there our our experience as humans is so diverse and unique and nobody feel like there's, there isn't actually this, I think like there's a clinging to sometimes a feeling of like we feel so unspecial that the only special part of us is to be the worst or the 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 most alien or the the most wrong and that like everyone else has a place except for me like and and in in a way it was at least for me like kind of a desperate attempt to like have one special thing about me. Like, this is the one thing that I can have that like control control. Yeah. yeah. It's all like, it just gave me that sense of control. That was like, yeah. So it's one part of my life that I can take back control. Mike, I, I feel like I jumped in there and then, then, then Tess and I started talking about it, but it seemed like you were about to say something there. No, I just really, I think you jumped in the right moment because I just, I don't want to just sit there and give recommendations. We've done that plenty of times before in a way, but like, I, I just think there needs to be, I just imagine people listening being like, I would love, I'd love a therapist, a good therapist. Yeah. How do I afford one? You know? Yeah. Um, and so I think that's where, I think some resources in the show notes will be good. Um, I mean, as long as we're talking about the topic of suicide ideation, I mean, I've talked about it on my what I went through on my mission before. And for me, I think it was more just like, a. I was sick of the burden. I was just kind of done yeah. with it, you know, mm-hmm. um, just tired, just tired. And it was just exhausting. I just couldn't face the sun one more day, you know, the hot Brazilian sun, uh, mm-hmm. 
the narcissistic God watching over us all, right? Like that motherfucker. Um, <laughs> Resilient son. Motherfucker. Um, now that we've gotten that out of the way, should we talk about the birds and the bees? <laughs> yeah. We got to put like, honestly, we got to put the, the biggest juiciest old disclaimer ever yeah. uh, before that conversation. Cause that's just not a, I like, I, I know I was, I, you know, Tess, you mentioned it. I was cringing as we started it. Cause I, we like this shit needs to be talked about, but we're not qualified to talk about. But if only the people who are qualified to talk about it, talk about it, then we don't talk about it enough and it doesn't get talked about enough. Is there, I mean, I gotta say, dude, like qualified, I'm not qualified to, to, t- I have to get a certification to talk about feeling so alone that I don't know how to stay in this world. This is why, this is why people don't make it. Because I have, I need a cert- certificate to tell people that I was suicidal. That's why I didn't tell people. That's, that's why I got, that's why I had to have the episodes taken down was because I was so shamed for having said that I was suicidal. Because, and, and by the way, it doesn't make you crazy to be in that much pain. It just means you're hurting and it, and, and, and it doesn't mean you're crazy if the way you experience life doesn't make sense to your friend who doesn't know how to hold space for it. That doesn't make you crazy. And, and you know, if we can find therapy, that's great. If we can't, you know, this is, <laughs> this is the thing, like Mike, you just talked about like a low access to therapy and then it's like, okay, but they're not certified. We can't talk about it. <laughs> so where do where are we fi- where do we find a place to talk about it? Where how do we hold each other? How do we take care of each other? I I mean I don't have the exact answer, but God, like I'm so tired of it being a crime to hurt. Agreed. I. Yeah. Take, so, yeah. Okay. When I said it's, it's, it's something that needs to be talked about. I was talking about this very um, paradox that we, we, so, you know, people don't talk about it because it's a sensitive and triggering and dangerous topic and people don't feel qualified to talk about it. But the only way we can uh, talk about it is by having more people talk about it, that that I yeah you 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 are right, Tess, in in what you're saying. I'm just, it's such a fucking tough subject. I I know I'm being maybe a little bit no, um, it's so hard dragging I mean, my dragging my feet a little bit. I I agree completely. In fact, you know, you described some of that shit really well when you're talking about having a boot on your chest. I used to call it, it's, it's that moment between when you wake up and when you feel the way I used to call it waiting for the weight. I used to do the craziest. Uh, okay. You know, you're not crazy, but I did crazy shit. Like <laughs> I used to put my alarm clock and then my, and then my cell phone and then my smartphone, depending on what year we're talking about. I used to put them on, I used to put them on the other side of the room to the point where I needed to get out of bed fast to turn off the alarm clock. Because if I could, if I could 
get to the, if I could get up right before the weight, mm-hmm. it was, um, I could get out of bed. Yeah. Um, waiting for the weight, waiting for the weight is what I used to call it to myself. It's like my own little thing. Bleachers lyrics that also talk about that too, right? Feel the weight is coming. Yeah. Honestly, Jack Antonoff from the bleachers, um, like he, he know he knows what we're talking about. Like homeboy homeboy has some songs that uh, I, like, I want to get better. Uh, he, he talks about that shit, you know? Um, can I stop talking for a minute? Yeah. All right. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, I think, you know, I, I'm not, I wasn't like mad at you, but I'm, I'm just so tired of this. I didn't think you were mad at me. Okay, good. <laughs> this idea of taboo, all these taboos that keep us from from holding each other, you know, it's just frustrating that um, it seems like there's never never the right time, and that's and then so we never talk about these things. And I know that when people are exploring their own healing journey and different states of expanded consciousness, um, it can feel really isolating at first. If some, if, you know, if we start to explore our own psyche and our own consciousness and we don't know how to speak to it yet. And there's the, the our peers don't have dialogue to hold space for it or they don't even have a certain perspective to hold space for it i think it's just important for people to know that there's a lot of people that that really genuinely just want to connect and they want to hear our stories and we can't be therapists for each other that's not healthy we have to have boundaries but i think we can hold each other a lot better and a lot more carefully and then people will end up in dangerous situations a lot less as we start to learn how to how to take care of each other better around psychedelia um around sex around consent around just general boundaries and like especially mental health yeah, there's one point I want to make here too, because, you know, I touched about it earlier about, you know, the power of the psyche and the unknown of the psyche, right? Mm-hmm. And this came up for me actually recently, you know, it, Doug, we talked about a little bit on the last episode with active imagination, how there's that warning before about like, before you engage in this work, have friends, have therapists on hand and, uh, Found out it was kind of a real deal. I mean, I um, a nightmare that started out my dream work. It was this nightmare of, and it was almost like the girl from the ring, you know, the dead girl in the ring. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Came to me in a nightmare um, early on in my dream work, and and it was the most terrifying nightmare I've had. And then the the ending scene was her trying to come up from the well, and this woman like pushing her back down, but then also like with such violence that she took a chainsaw and shoved it down the girl's throat and pushed her down the well. Like talk about like repression, right? That's like a a deal. Um, And, you know, I did a lot of work around that dream and thought I was fine with it. I'm like, Oh good. You know, I'm healing. Yada, yada, yada. And uh, 
Well, last week she came about two weeks ago, I guess she came in in another dream where she was back and she was pulling me into the basement this time. Mm. And, and so I've done some active imaginations around that and it got scary. And this is where it's like having support is so critical and understanding the psyche is critical. Cause what happened in this active imagination, I found out that there was actually kind of three parts there. There was the little girl shoved down the well. There was the man who did that to her and didn't remember who I was embodying in the dream. Mm. And then there was another figure whose responsibility it was to keep the girl at bay and have the man not remember. Mm-hmm. Now, in doing this active imagination, working with, with my therapist, I realized I'm not any of those three. I'm, I'm apart from those three in a way, mm-hmm. right? I'm the one observing it all. But I need it in the dream. I'm the, I was the guy who pushed the, uh, shoved the girl in the well. Okay. And the feelings that come up with that are feelings of shame. Like I've done something horrible that I can't remember. But with the little girl, it's also a feeling of something's been done to me that I don't, that she remembers. But um, in other words, I was convinced that either I, something horrible had happened to me that I didn't remember, or I had done something horrible to someone I didn't remember. Oh no. Now in working with a good therapist, (laughs) it's more that I've cut those parts off from me. The the why and the when isn't important. It's Mm -hmm. the, the fact that like I have had a dismemberment in my psyche where I've cut off a part of me, which to the subconscious feels just as real as if in actual reality, I'd taken this part of me and shoved her down a well for Mm -hmm. all these years. Yeah, And so all of those feelings uh, that you would imagine uh, someone who's been in that space feels, in other words, psychic reality, this notion of the reality of our unconscious and the feelings associated with it are real. And so when you're doing work like this, you can uncover trauma and stuff that hap- that's happened in waking reality, mm-hmm. or it's a psychic reality that feels just as real. And both of those are terrifying. You know, we, you see like the Instagram reels of people, you know, shadow work and pointing to little things and thing. And we're yeah. doing our shadow work. No, there's a reason why they call it shadow work. It's or like, like it's side of the soul. Like it's fucking brutal, dude. <laughs> it's, it's in your shadow because your psyche's terrified of it. And oh. so when you're doing shadow work, it's going to be terrifying. And you need support for all of that. Mm-hmm. You need someone to be like, it's okay. You're okay. Be here with me. Or a therapist to be like, you know what? This doesn't mean like you did something so horrible. You can't remember or that something happened to you. that so horrible. You can't remember. It's you are remembering or putting back together parts of your psyche. And this makes me want to throw out like, yeah, sometimes it, I've, you know, encountered this where people kind of, see the medicine as like a replacement for space holders or uh, peers or a framework of support. And no, dude, like you don't, you don't want to go do your solo journey and not have like a framework of support who you can talk with openly and who you can process with and whom potentially knows about 
suicidal ideations or a tendency towards whatever, you know, anxiety, depression, because things can come up and, um, no, I wouldn't recommend, it's not a replacement. Medicine is not a replacement for human connection. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like that, what you're talking about, Mike, where this, like this total cutoff, when I started doing, um, like my own IFS, like my own parts work, I realized like when, when I finally started, cause I had such a high level of dissociation. And so when I finally started like bringing all of the parts of my psyche together through all these different like practices and and therapeutic practices. um, And sometimes it was just like, my brain was ready for it, but it, um, and sometimes it was helped with psychedelics, but it was jarring for, for me because even though I was always here, I didn't realize that like some parts of my mind didn't know about the other parts. And when they did find out about the girl in the well, right. And the push person that pushed her, they were like, what the fuck? (laughs) Like this happened to you. You, you like this, this, and this, and you did this. And all this time that we thought like that, like, for example, all these dark, scary thoughts about yourself, that was you, you were making those up. Like we thought that was something outside of us that like, that made me bad or cursed. And it's actually just me. And they were like pretty mad about it. Like, so my brain was just all over the place because it was like all of these different parts of myself were finally connected and so self-aware. And they were like, oh shit, it was way more simple than I thought. And this feels upsetting that I've been like sad for this whole time or that I've been thinking all these self-deprecating thoughts that I didn't need. What? Oh my God, I didn't know the bully inside of me was actually me. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And one more point on that too. I mean, one of the big things that working with my therapist on it is there's a part of my psyche that feels like I need to remember what happened in a way, but remembering is not like, yeah, remember it's remember, like you've been dismembered. You need to remember it's con- reconnecting with those parts of myself. Yeah. And there was a moment and just to make it, I guess a little bit, maybe this is lighthearted. Maybe it's not, I don't know, but, but um, sh- <laughs> <laughs> the way, the way the active imagination ended was like this irreconcilable thing of like, um, the man who felt guilty, but didn't want to remember. And the girl in the well who was angry rage is probably a better word. And because the fact that she wasn't remembered all these years, like, how do you, how do you push a girl down the well? You don't even remember that shit. You know, she's mm-hmm. angry. Yeah. And then the, the, the knight who was like trying to like protect it all. Get me. Yeah. And then I was like, what now? And all of a sudden I see this conductor Go and scene. Damn. Oh. And then like the audience burst into applause. Wow. Oh, shit. And I was like, you motherfucker, sadistic bastards. You are enjoying this show here? Yes. And then so I, so the, the guy was pissed. The girl was pissed. The knight was fucking pissed. They're all pissed at this fucking audience who just is delighting in this like 
sadistic shit show of a story. Like you motherfuckers. <laughs> that, is exactly, that was the reason I, that saved my life. That right there. Because I was like, if like, I was so scared that I didn't know what happened. Like once I left the church, I was like, I don't know what happens next. So, you know, there was this, like this questioning of if, if like God or consciousness or like the divine higher self is not actually like benevolent at all, like genuinely, like just kind of wants, like is playing a Sims game with me. I do not want to know what I reincarnate as next. And so it was like this fear that I would come back like that life, like, wasn't like that the story wouldn't end. And like that there was all these really messed up layers. And like, I was going to come back in some, something even worse next time. So it was like, I literally, it saved my life was the fear that life didn't just end with blackness, you know, uh, yeah. <laughs> because it was so scary to think like, what if consciousness isn't gentle with us and and i i do think though that you know on on a very quantum infinite level that that everything that we're doing that mike doug tess our this character that we get to play this being that we get to experience Oh, I think consciousness, whatever we want to call it, is just so in love with us. And the amount of energy and uh, thought that it takes for us to have this story and to materialize physically. I mean, there were so many potentials and we are the experience that God had to have. Let's call it God, the divine consciousness, higher self, blah, 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 whatever you want. Tess and whatever I am is that's bigger than a character that I'm playing or a name that I'm embodying. I had to experience me. I had to. I'm I was so, so enamored with the idea of me that I had to exist. That's that's a beautiful love story. And and all of the the mental health work that we have to do and all of the self-discovery. Perhaps that is the most romantic love story of all is the coming back to ourselves and, and all of the different ways that our psyche is just trying to find softness and trying to figure out what's the best way to take care of this body that I find myself in. And we don't always do it perfectly, but we don't always love perfectly. And, and we figure it out and we stumble. But I really do think that's what we're doing. Hmm. Well, y'all two are y'all two are pretty fucking radical. That's what I have to say about it. Um, yeah. If you're feeling some kind of way, talk to a therapist. If you can't talk to a therapist, talk to a friend and tell them tell them what you're feeling. If you can't talk to a friend and tell them what you're feeling, go run as fast as you can for as long as you can. If you and can't, 
So there's a hotline. <laughs> if if yeah, there's a hotline. If you can't run as fast as you can, well, yeah, the hotline would be like that's that's the first. Thank you. That's very first thing. Call the hotline. Don't go for a run before calling the hotline. Yeah, yeah, or yeah, call the hotline any time. But yeah, and I'm not saying go for a big ass jog. I'm saying just run as fast as you can for as long as you can. If that's 40 steps, so be it. If you can't run, then stand up and do the twist by Chubby Checker or whatever that guy's name is. If you can't do the twist, stand up, grab a wooden spoon and sing Shake It Off by Taylor Swift to yourself. Like sing it loud, belt it, like let your voice crack and do silly things. I'm saying distract yourself long enough to get through some of that shit and then figure out talking to somebody. Um, Or also have a dialogue with these parts that we're afraid of. No. Yeah. Yeah. If, if you can, if you can do that, do that. If you can't do that, stand up and shake your hips back and forth. I mean, (laughs) just do something, (laughs) do something to distract yourself from that. And, and people care, people, People don't know. And when they know, they care. That's just the way it goes. Um, man, I'm kind of I'm kind of off from the two of you. I, I recognize that, but I still love you and I still want to talk about the birds and the bees. So can we like <laughs> yeah. can we move into let me tell you about the birds and the bees and the flowers and the trees and the moon up above? Call yeah, that was a good impersonation, man. I love Thank that. you. That information, and I, I'm, I didn't know that about you, and I, you know, I, I think that that again just normalizes. Like you're just, you're just such a wonderful, charismatic, hilarious, dear friend, and um, yeah, there's there's so many people that want you in this world. There's so many people that benefit from having you in this world. And, and yet it can feel so easy to feel other or just too much pain. And, um, but I, there really are ways to move through this and, you know, walk ourselves home and find that support, even when it just feels so lonely. Yeah. Well said. That George Bailey thing is easy to get into. You know, the world would be better off without me. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, but 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 it wouldn't be. And I'm not speaking for just myself here. I'm speaking for every person who can hear my fucking voice. Do you do you do you find it weird that I'm kind of like shifty and uncomfortable when we're talking about this. And then I full blown just saying that birds and the bees song. And then we went right back into it to be like, it seems like I'm a little bit like manic, like I, I, you know, singing that song a little bit. I just feel like probably um, I'm shaking off a few things here, you know, so it's all cool. You need a wooden spoon to shake it off. Tess, you think I don't go everywhere without a wooden spoon? You kidding me? I know. Well, I what if I need to spank my own bum? I assumed that you have one because if you don't have a pocket full of cold sweet potato fries and a wooden spoon in the other, yeah, you're not my country accent friend. That's right. I ain't going nowhere. We ain't, we ain't getting away from Johnny Law and heading for the hills. Not going nowhere. Now that I thought it was just shove up your bum. 
Was it? I'm too. I'm too worried about carrying that. For those of you who don't know, I carry a full blown purse. I'm proud to announce that I carry a purse everywhere I go. Everybody who knows me knows this, and they always make some kind of joke about, "Oh, it's a satchel. Oh, it's a purse." I'm like, no, it's a goddamn purse, and I'm proud of it. Yeah, but here's the thing, Mike. I don't want to stick that wooden spoon up my bum because then I'm thinking, what is my purse going to smell like? (laughs) (laughs) But I do, you know, I do use it to sing my Taylor Swift songs or my Celine Dion songs or just to give my bum a little pat once in a while, just to remind me that I'm still feeling stuff, you know? Really like the Idaho John Jonathan Van Ness. Do you know who that is from Queer Eye? I don't know who that is, but I'm proud to be the Idaho I don't remember his name. Jonathan Van Nuys. From Queer Eye. He's like, he is wonderfully queer and like, but he's, he looks kind of like you, but he's like, of course, like walking around in stilettos and like a dress and would totally just is the most fabulous. And you sound like you're the most fabulous right now. Oh girl, you just, you know how to, you know how to light me up. I feel okay. fabulous right now. You look fabulous, girl. Why did you do that? (laughs) F-A-B-O-L-O-U-S. Oh, you guys, this is why I fucking love you, too. (laughs) Thank you, Tess. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, guys. And... Well, I want to give it a quick plug to our like mighty networks thing. I mean, are, are we wrapping up? Or are we, do we have more to talk? Yeah, about? I don't know. Are we wrapping up? I, I, I was just telling you, I love you just to say it in the, in the moment. I wasn't saying it like, all right, I'm beating it. And, well, do you want to talk about what you're, what you're feeling or is that too, too much? <laughs> yeah. I'll talk about what I'm feeling. Yeah. Um, uh, how do I explain what I'm feeling? Let me, let me, let me feel that for a second. I'm feeling um, like I'm nervously approaching. Um, God damn. That's a hard, that's a hard thing for me to explain. I'm feeling uh, shifty. I'm feeling a little bit uh, trying to uh, kind of maybe step away from the conversation that we're having because it's kind of giving me uh you know, coming face to face with some, I think, you know, we talk a lot about trauma. That's, that's a very specific trauma that I, that I'm referring to when I talk about all this shit. Yeah. Um, so I'm feeling a little bit uncomfortable Yeah. and I'm feeling like I'm kind of inching toward a, uh, like a bottomless pit. Do, you, do you, I'm, I'm, I'm carefully examining that bottomless pit, but, but recognizing that where I once felt uh, sucked toward that bottomless pit. I'm now maybe uh, examining it as we're talking, mm-hmm. and so it it does make me feel a little uh, a little uncomfortable and a little wiggly. But um, yeah, that's how I'm feeling. Can I ask where you feel it in your body? If you could say, um, my stomach has a little bit of a pit in it where I feel kind of like. Um, not like nauseous, but just like a, like maybe I swallowed a big rock and it's just kind of at the bottom of my stomach area. I'm a little, I'm a little sweaty, like in the armpits and in the, in the crotch. Yeah. And I feel uh, a little tightness in my uh, sort of my, what I would call my traps, like my, whatever those things are that connect your neck to your head, like my, above the shoulders. Yeah. Yeah. I'm feeling tight there. That's why I keep kind of moving my head around a little bit. Yeah. 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 So you're having like this super 
somatic body reaction and it's a I think it's okay if you don't know exactly you know what that is I'd be curious you know if there was you know it's probably it's probably more vulnerable than you want to get in front of people but I think that like once we're done just exploring that like putting your hand over your stomach and really asking what's there and and seeing what stories pop up like for me that helps me so much is just seeing what stories pop up where's my mind going can I can I ask tests as the character the person the you know the my baby like Tess is my baby right I got to take care of her so can I talk to her and say what's the stories right what's coming up what's the scariest thing that can happen what do you need how can I how like what do you need right now what's how how could that feel held and and sometimes it's just we go in these loops but I think that it can help if like we just identify like a color or a word or an image that just gives us a little bit like something to grab onto and then let that evolve and then let that evolve and let that evolve. And always with the idea that Doug, this is so exciting. If that's coming up, you're ready to feel something. You're ready to, some little part of Doug is ready to be held by you. I agree. Um, and, and probably this, this makes for bad radio, but I probably would prefer to do it, um, offline. Yeah, I think so too. But that's what I was saying is like, don't, I, I doubt that whatever that part of yourself is feeling wants to be broadcasted and exposed. Yeah, And so you're honoring that part of yourself. Man. And this, I, I guess I just want to chime in here a little bit because I feel like this is where it was helpful. You know, what I was talking about earlier with the active imagination and getting back to that central rage, internal rage that was connecting all the parts together and being able to express rage. I mean, I've used this punching bag that I have uh, a lot is last week and I've punched the shit out of it. And <laughs> yeah. she has punched the shit out of that little girl in the well is like, Oh yeah, man. Yeah. Shreds, right. Yeah. So that's one thing that she's wanted. The other thing she's wanted to do. So I was like reconnecting to her. And as I was doing it, like the rage was coming up and then there was like this excitement that she was finally being listened to. Right. Uh, so I was like, well, what else do you want? <laughs> And she's told me she wants to paint. Whoa. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. And I was like, that's cool. I'll, I'll paint. And she's like, no, no, no. I want to paint. <laughs> I love it. Oh, wow. That's beautiful. So I've been, she's been painting. <laughs> this little girl. Oh my God. Yeah, I can send you guys some of the paintings, but like. Uh, I would love to see those paintings. I mean, it's just on my phone. I've been doing like a phone painting because I feel like there's, there's a part of me, like I've tried it with paper a couple of times. 
but I get in the way too much. I think I need to buy more paint and more paper. So I don't feel like I'm wasting it. Yes. Yeah. You got to like, I just get like butcher paper or something, just like run through things. That way you don't feel pressure. So I think I get in the way too much with that. But when I just have this app on my phone and paint with it, it's like, she can come out because I'm not there being like, are you wasting paint or how are you mixing the colors and you're making a mess and who's going to clean this up? No, she's just like painting, you know? And, uh, <laughs> yeah, what kind of dress does she have on again? The girl? Yeah. Oh, it was a white dress. A white dress. Yeah. Oh, you're a cute little girl with a white dress. I mean, she's, she's cute. I guess she's scary though. She guys, she's really scary. <laughs> Pretty she's, she needs to be right. Like unburdened, like she needs to be held and yeah, she, she will probably evolve as she becomes unburdened and mm. just, you know, as you start to alchemize that pain, like I'm sure that she'll be less scary and probably adorable eventually. I think so. Yeah. But it's, um, speaks to the power of this work and where we can go from here. And so I think, I think there's good to offer some hope. I mean, people might be listening to this film, like there's no hope, but hopefully we feel like there's hope, you know, there's, I, I was talking about mighty networks earlier. There's, we have this beautiful community there of people that, I mean, if you can't find a therapist or if you have a therapist and still want to like, come join us there. And it's a beautiful community of people, you know, yeah. and that's right. And when you start to, oh, go ahead. I I'm just like thinking like there's the divine assembly. If you're in Utah, there's, there's, there's so many different trying to think of like, I wish there was more like community. And I think that COVID has made it hard for people to just connect. But I think that it's, it's getting more available. Just the hope to have like, when you do start to heal these parts of you, um, it's just things start to look brighter and whatever pain you're feeling or people are feeling now it's, it's a cycle. It might've felt like a fucking long cycle, but it's a cycle and it, um, and stick with it, you know? Yeah. The fact is like, Oh, okayness. I don't even want to say okayness. Excellence and satisfaction and beauty and, and super califragilisticexpialidociousness exists. It's available if it's available. Yeah. Um, like, I feel like right now I'm trying to like, let the two of you and also anybody who's listening, let you know, I'm okay. I'm okay. But yeah. like, I'm more than okay. Like I'm, I'm fucking super califragilisticexpialidocious. <laughs> like I'm, I'm, yeah. I feel, I feel happier in my life now than I ever imagined was even a possibility me too and that you know i had to go through some weird extremes with that like mm -hmm. you know the the leaving the church led me into some extremes uh exercise led me to extremes i mean i mean i'm i'm kind of like a, just a a tall skinny hippie looking guy i used to be like ripped like i because i went extreme with shit to try to like fix myself you know what i mean mm, yeah i'm but i'm okay like it, and and oh and being okay is available. It, it it is completely available and accessible uh to all. Yeah. Uh, I think that's the try I think that's the point I'm trying to make. Like oh um, yeah. It's okay. 
everything's fine. Be okay. Well, and, and and we all feel emotions at different intensities. We all feel emotions in different ways. And, you know, we're all exploring different frequencies, different thoughts, different things like that. So it's, you know, it's okay to, to be okay right now. And then, you know, have a f- total blast tomorrow and then feel really sad the next day and not know why, but trust that, the beauty of the beauty and the tragedy of this life is that nothing is permanent and everything is always changing. And, and that changeability is something that we can experience as a very artistic and, and mysterious and majestic part of this material existence, this illusion of linear time, you know, it makes for, a a really beautiful and complex and dynamic story, the ups and the downs. Um, But trusting that, that nothing is permanent. um, Even when we feel like it can't possibly pass, you know, there's, there's a lot of beauty. There's something that will make us smile again, for sure. And I just had this moment, you know, I was talking about a border I felt like I was going a little crazy doing this active imagination stuff and dealing with some dark shadow shit, some very scary stuff. Um, But I had this moment just last night where laying there and feeling like feeling very present yesterday, last night and being like, can life really be this good in a way? And it wasn't, it wasn't the circumstances surrounding the night. It was just how I was the presence I was feeling that night. And by the way, it was a night with a lot of ups and downs, like um, Mm -hmm. emotionally, but being with all those emotions, being with the downs of the emotions and the ups and and all of it. um, And being like, I just didn't feel like if you would have told me three years ago that I would feel this amount of presence and love and um, it, it felt unattainable. And or unimaginable, probably unfathomable. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just there kind of in awe of it last night being like, almost like it was a feeling of, you know, ancestors, ancestors living through us and we pass the baton down. And it's like, oh, maybe some ancestors are living through me in this moment to feel what it was like to be this present, you know? Beautiful. And yeah, I mean, on a conscious level, and a genetic level, like it, it really is hard to disconnect ourselves from our ancestors because it's all carried through. I mean, DNA is basically just a microchip of information. And who's to say that there's not a level of intelligence in that, that, that gets to experience through you. But um, yeah, I feel the same way. I'm, it's terrifying. I will say this healing can be the scariest thing ever because it's so scary for things to go so well. And it can feel really scary to be safe because if you have any programming or trauma that, that has been teaching you or has taught you that every time you, you let your guard down, something bad's going to happen. It can feel really scary to heal and it can, and sometimes we might even self-sabotage and things like that because it's like, Oh, it can't be this good. I can't, I can't feel this safe. And 
allowing myself to, to feel safe and move towards safety and move toward peace and move toward being loved. Like it is way harder than facing chaos, but it's so worth it. It's, it's such an act of courage to, to receive love. It is such an act of courage to be still. Yeah. I I think, I, I, I think we should end with something good. Can we, can we end with just something good? All three of us, can you come up with something that's giving you joy right now? That's, oh, that's bringing us joy. Oh, it's yeah. currently bringing oh, you joy that. right now. Mm. Oh, I can, I'll start. I can start. Yeah, start. So I coach uh, nine-year-olds basketball. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, man. Yeah. We got the next LeBron James rolling through town. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway. So I coach nine-year-old basketball and uh, the start of this current season, we had a kid join our little team and his parents, like he came, he came with, he's like a, he was like a, uh, like a, like a, like a, what are those things called? Gremlin. He was like a gremlin. He had, he came with instructions. Like his parents gave me instructions before he started. It was his first time playing any kind of, any kind of sports, uh, never played basketball. And so at, at our very first practice this year, his parents gave me a list of instructions. He's, he's, uh, he's on the spectrum kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And my homeboy struggles. Like he, he doesn't know which way is up and down. He doesn't know yeah. what the point of basketball is. He just doesn't get it. Yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, that can, that can be distracting in practice, in practice. Because the other kids don't get that stuff. They're nine. They don't, they don't quite, they, they get it that there's something going on, but yeah, they don't, you know, they're not very patient with that. I think mm-hmm. anyway, point is uh, on Saturday, we had our third basketball game of the season and homeboy scored a basket. Now that sounds like a little bit of nothing to maybe no, us, exciting. but homeboy scored a little basket. Uh, it was a, it was a wild errant shot that had no business going in. It was the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. It's an accident. I love it. But it went in and, uh, man, I'm about to cry to telling the story. So it went in and obviously me as the coach and all of the parents understood what was going on. And there was a huge roar of a, like, People just went nuts. In addition to that, all of his little teammates they pick him up. on the floor stopped, didn't even care that the other team was taking the, they all started celebrating and jumping up and down and high-fiving him. Oh my God. And he had his both hands in the air and he was like pumping and jumping up and down. Cause he got, he, he knew what he had done. Like he was like, I did the thing. I did the thing. Oh my God. It's like a movie scene. It was, it was, it was really fucking cool. It was his movie scene. Oh, it's so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. It was really, it was radical. I don't think he'll score again. Um, but in a conversation like we're having that is fairly heavy and makes people feel like, wow, there is some, there's some shit out there. That mm-hmm. was something that has lit me up and stayed with me. I mean, 
through, I mean, till today at least, and doesn't show any signs of stopping. So that's the good thing that I wanted to share. I love that. I fucking love that, Doug. Is that great or what? <laughs> so great. So good. Like I want to say his name and give him a shout out on the podcast, but I can't do that for yeah. anonymity reasons. Like it was cool. It was fucking cool. Anyway, let's let's end with things that are good. What do y'all got? Anything cool? I don't know if I'm gonna to top that, Doug. <laughs> it's hard, it's hard to top, it's hard to top a kid that has some neurological You threw in quite a few wild cards that like we can't really beat. I mean I mean, I set the bar high, but it's about what's giving us joy right now. It doesn't matter. It could be that you finally got that thing out between your teeth. Oh, I mean, that's every day. I have like this one gap where like, I, I don't go anywhere without tooth floss because I will literally go insane without floss. Like if something gets stuck in my tooth, I will, I can't, I couldn't even talk to you. I, this podcast would have been canceled. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I want to say that I, um, something that's been really beautiful is you know, like a year ago I was going through some serious like healing stuff and it was pretty brutal. And I had a friend who said, he was like, look, Tess, you know, I was feeling pretty hopeless and just like, it never stops. Like it never stops hurting. And he was like, look, if you have had 28 years of just pretty extreme, unnecessary pain, like disproportionately painful life, then that means you get a minimum, like mathematically of 28 years of just like bliss and ease. Like you just get it all. And he was like, it makes sense. Like that's the only thing that makes mathematical sense. And I was like, you're kind of right. Like that kind of makes sense. And so I, this has been the, like, I, I can't explain how in awe I am. I really took that to heart. And I was like, okay, I guess like I'm commencing the beginning of this amazing 28 or nine span of just like ease and bliss and magic. And like it, I really, I believe so fervently in this, in this deal I do. And, and I think that it's just, I've just been in awe of the people that I've encountered, the, the way that um, I'm able to set boundaries and just attract the most mesmerizing situations and people into my life. And I just had my birthday and it was amazing. And that was the first birthday that like was like, didn't suck. And it's just, everything is, is going great. And so I am just so grateful for life and this, the opportunity, like just the little things to see the frost on the grass in the morning and to see colors again, because I, like, I stopped seeing that, you know, I see colors. I, I feel sunsets. I just, I love it. Life is so enchanting. Oh, I love that. And what happy birthday. I feel like I'm happy birthday, by the way. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Whenever it was. It was the ninth. <laughs> oh, shit, girl. Happy birthday. Oh, man. I'm, I'm terrible with birthdays. So every day is my birthday. It's my birthday month. You're right on time, girl. 
Of course you're an Aquarius, Tess. How do I not know you're an Aquarius? Of course I'm an Aquarius. Of course you're an Aquarius. Aquarius. (laughs) I'm a girl who's bald. Of course I'm an Aquarius. Hey, that hair, that hairdo looks good on you. I I know I've told you that 110 times, but I'm going to say it 111th. Like it's a good old look, like looking good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) My pleasure. Your hairdos look so good too. I love. Yeah, we were Mike and I were talking about his hairdo. Look how fucking he looks sharp. amazing he looks. Mm-mm. This is a new hairdo, guys, and he went it's up really so high on the sides. I feel like I have like a mohawk thing going on, but look how long that thing. Like been. you look like you're in your twenties. Like right. who is she? That's all I can say. <laughs> like Mike, do you know what you look like? You look like the dude who was like the star of the boy band, and so you went off on your own. Yeah. And now you're like just living it. Like you're just like the you're like the Harry guy. Styles. You're Harry. You're the more you're the ex they're the Mormons on mushrooms, Harry Styles. That's who yeah, you are. Dude, that's exactly who you are. Just, for our generation, that was just Justin Timberlake, but for your generation, it's Harry Styles. <laughs> I said it. Keep this coming, you guys. I'm enjoying all of this. this Mike, you look good, man. You look fit and good. I, yeah. I'm I'm semi hard right now guys. looking at you. It's only semi. <laughs> well, I want. Hey, we got company, man. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm. You know, I I need to leave the situation before for yeah. Tess. You're gonna have to like log off for a second here. I gotta like tell Mike more cool things about himself. <laughs> um, you guys. So there's been some cool things happen in my life recently, and I was like, nope, can't share that on the podcast. Nope, can't share this. Can't share this. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> So let me tell you what I can share that I I'm just like really um feeling. You know, I like the process of healing, you know, where we're talking about whatever and like uh the crying and the angering and um I think there was a moment we started the podcast, I guess it's only I mean we're a year and a half ish or more now, which is crazy, right? Crazy. Wait, and it's been that long? I thought it always existed. <laughs> How has it only been a year and a half? Yeah, that's crazy, <laughs> huh? It's been a year and a half. Um, but then when that came, and I'm loving the podcast and loving meeting fucking the most amazing people we've ever met in our lives, Doug. And that's true. And was like, but then there was this impatience of like, wow, I really want to do this. And you know, like, I would love to just like, podcast all day or whatever that entails or whatever, you know? (laughs) And then there was like starting school and the whole thing about, can I really do that? I don't know. But in the last month, there's been the sense of like, I've got it and it's all okay. There's no, I don't feel rushed. I don't feel, uh, incapable. I just kind of feel good and content, even though the ebbs and the flows come daily, but it's just like being with it all. And I was having that moment the other day. It passed by instead of getting like, so discouraged. Yeah. Or even being like, you know what? I'm feeling this way. I'll sit here with this for a while. And, you Mm -hmm. know, and, and, um, just feeling, I I guess this is kind of a serious one, Doug. I wish, you know, I had a, like, <laughs> serious with it, dude. Let's go there. Come on. Well, yeah, that. And even being like, here's a moment with that is like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, being content. And 
watching watching the <laughs> watching the Bubble Fett series. There we go. Pure shit, by the way. Surrealing. Yes, this is good. This is all we wanted. Boba Fett. Boba Fett. Oh, yeah, man. And being like, you know what? It's okay. It's okay that Disney's ruining Star Wars. Oh, the Star Wars is ruined by the prequels. Let's face it. But like, yeah. true. Um, true. But there was some hope, and then now it's like all shit again. And being like, you know what? I'll enjoy the shit. That's fine. I grew up with the prequels, so I'm gonna say that no, it didn't ruin it because it like re-exposed all of us to. Star Wars toys and glowing lightsabers that were the bomb. Y'all oh, didn't have yeah. glowing lightsaber toys that made the noise when they hit each other. Now did oh, you? Yeah. Of course. Yeah. That was the, that's, I think like each time the Star Wars just like degrades, at least the toys really improve. Yeah, dude. Like you can get a full blown like operating BB-8. Like, can you imagine when we were kids getting an R2D2 that was like fully operational, Mike? Holy shit! I'm saying you're manifesting that. Good work, writing it into the story. As the story gets shittier, the toys get better. I yeah, I wish silver linings. Cool. Like I wish that it was as cool to me now because I would so get a real lightsaber and just fight all day. (laughs) Tess, I'll get you a lightsaber. Can you imagine at like revival me with a lightsaber? Just all I need in my life is Tess with a full blown lightsaber. Can we have two? Can you, can we have two so that I can like just throw the lightsaber to people and be like, fight me now? Yeah. Tess, if we tell you, I'll bring a shitload of lightsabers. I'm, yeah. Dude, finally, I can feel value, like useful in this whole solstice shit. Like, I'll. Or at the revival thing, I'll bring some light. Light. I'll bring some lightsabers. It's fine. Yes, Let's this do is it. Amazing. I mean, the our theme is fairy kingdom, but as the fairy kingdom, we invite people from space into yes. the fairy kingdom. Yes. So yes, done deal. Done deal. And by the way, that's another plug for the solstice because it's gonna be fucking amazing. Well, I think Tess was talking about the revival plug for the solstice. It's gonna be awesome. But I, Tess, weren't you talking about the revival? That's the same fucking thing. <laughs> oh wait, did you? Test freeze on this. <laughs> Wait, the solstice and the revival are the same thing? It's called the solstice revival. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the solstice revival, June 24th to June 26th. Um, we're going to have a Mormons and Mushrooms theme camp. We're going to have the Fairy Kingdom, creatures from outer space, whatever. Whatever you want to do. So I don't, know if we get to, I don't know if we get to say goodbye to Tess or not. Yeah, what's up? We got to bring her back in to say goodbye to her and have her jump back off? Maybe, because like we can start recording the intro, but then this is going to she'll jump more in work. and it'll be like, whoa, Tess, you're interrupting our intro. Let us intro. Yeah. Tess, just wait a goddamn minute. She um, just texted us and said, damn, I just got locked off the internet. I think so that's a goodbye. Say, huh? I think that's a goodbye. All right, well, let's do the, let's do the ending here and then we'll record the beginning. <laughs> Yeah, dude, I like that. Let's let's record the ending and then we'll record the beginning. So, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I I kind of like went into some weird space there. Is it that was a tough that was a tough episode for me, Mike? Um, did I did I seem like I was getting erratic with? I, I I probably was getting erratic because the subject matter for me is a hard place to go. Well, it's triggering, man. Yeah, big time. And um. But I'll say it again. I really appreciate you sharing that. I think there's an element of vulnerability and 
normalizing hard feelings and normalizing despair and normalizing normalizing it in a way of yeah and so i'm really glad you went there and i understand why you're feeling the way you do at the same time yeah yeah tess it's funny the way she's just so so she's so nimble at that stuff right like we were we were joking and goofing around to to begin the episode or to like like even just to begin our our chat and then she just she has an ability man she just dropped right into that and it caught me off guard like it was like oh shit we're going into this but she she knows how to navigate that stuff so she's she's pretty awesome i love her man <laughs> i love her great. too love her too so thank you tess Thanks thank you tess on. we love you and is and, that the end and the scene end. from like and from scene. your thing and scene and scene and the yeah. audience applause is the fucking motherfuckers all do their sadistic dance and right (laughs) cue the fucking music (laughs) hey guys thank you so much for listening to mormons on mushrooms podcast we have so much fun recording it and if you love it we would absolutely love it if you could leave a review on wherever you get your podcasts it would really help our visibility so more people can listen to it and be enlightened and hear our crazy stories so thanks again for tuning in